Hi, I'm Pastor Jason from Yokine Baptist Church, and this is a sermon recorded at one of our Sunday morning services. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you're encouraged by this message and that it draws you closer to God. Enjoy. All right, testing. Yeah, cool. Awesome. I'm on. Uh, good morning. Um, I'm Matthew. I get the uh, pleasure of filling in for Jason this morning. And we're actually, this morning, we're going to be continuing through the sermon series that Jason has been going through, which is Second Timothy. And we're up to chapter 4, verses 1 to 8 this morning. Um, I'll just say that I'm going to try my best to talk slowly and clearly out of request from my wife. Um, it's easier to interpret, so I've been told. Uh, and then this morning, even Haley had a little word to the side, you know, make sure you speak clearly for us. Um, so I'll try my best, but I'll probably end up speaking really fast, so sorry, Haley. <laughs> All right, um, yeah, before we get into it, I'm just going to pray uh, and ask for the Spirit to guide me this morning. Uh, Father, I come before you, and I just thank you so much for the opportunity to look at your word this morning. I just pray that you prepare me and speak through me this morning. I pray that my opinions and words uh, won't be the focus, but that your truths and your words will be heard by your congregation. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. So 2019, uh, we live in an era where we have access to the internet, and that means we have access to... YouTube and uh, Google, all sorts of things online. And if you're like me, as a Christian, that means that we have access to a very large um, database, I suppose, of uh, different preachers and teachers, uh, different teachings, different churches, denominations, all, all sorts of things. And that it is a good thing. It's actually, it's almost like a a ice cream shop where you can go in and choose your favourite flavour. You know, I don't really like the way he teaches or what he's got to say, so I'm going to go listen to this guy instead. You know, and, and I do this. I have my favourite preachers that I listen to and ones that I avoid. It, it is a good thing. I think how amazing is it that across the other side of the world, someone can bless me, God can bless me through that person. That's amazing. But there's a downfall to it because there is so much false teaching out there. There's so many things that we have to kind of sift through. Um, this morning's reading out of Second Timothy, uh, we have to just remember that Timothy himself is actually a pastor. He, he's a preacher. And in this letter, Timothy is actually instructing Paul what it looks like to be a godly preacher, what that actually looks like. So uh, for us... We might not all be pastors, but as people who are looking for what flavour we should be listening to, um, this letter can really help us to see who we should be listening to and who we should not be listening to. Um, also, I just want to just give a bit of a context. It is widely recognised that this letter, Second Timothy, is the last letter, most likely, um, that Paul ever wrote um, before he was martyred. And we're actually looking at the end of the letter in chapter 4 um, where uh, like these, these are potentially the, some of the last words he ever said to Timothy. And uh, he's in, so he's in, in the prison in Rome and uh, he would be aware of uh, that he's got very few days. So what he's got to say here is very, very important. 
So let's read. I'm going to be reading off this screen. So uh, actually, I just want to say that um, I think I'm, I've quoted out of the NASB, not the NIV. So. All right, verses 1 to 2. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in the view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage. So up until now, the whole letter has actually had a certain kind of flow to it. And then we get to this point and the feeling changes. Paul actually, it sounds like he's under oath, like in a courtroom. It's like, I, Paul, in the presence of God, charge you with these five points. Kind of catches the attention of the reader, certainly would have caught the attention of Timothy. And then he gives, gives these five things, what he needs to do as a godly pastor. And the first one is preach the word. Question is, what is the word? The word is obviously the Bible. That means the Old Testament and the New Testament. So it's just, just for us, it's, uh, it's just really important to remember that, um, yeah, uh, just means our Bible that we have today. So throughout the whole letter, not just in this verse, there has been a kind of a, um, a theme to the whole letter. There actually, uh, I did a bit of research, and there are 36 references in this letter alone to the true gospel and 17 references to false teachers. Right, so, so Paul has a point that he's trying to make throughout the whole letter. It's really clear. He's just kind of dotting the I's and crossing the T's at this point. So as a pastor, Timothy is not only meant to know the word and research it. He's not only meant to agree with it. He, he is to preach it. He is to say it's meant to be the complete message of what he's delivering. Um, I'll tell you a story. Uh, there was a man, he came to know Jesus, and, and he got saved. And then he started preaching the word to his um, fellow people in his parish. And they all became saved. And then that was awesome. So he decides to go to his neighboring parishes and he starts preaching to them. But they actually reject what he's got to say. They're offended by him. So they, they go dom on him. They go talk to the bishop. And then the bishop comes and has words with this man. And the man says... Uh, the, the bishop says to him, I heard that you've just been preaching like all the time. And he goes, well, no, bishop, I only preach two seasons of the year. And he goes, oh, what seasons are they? And he says, in season and out of season. <laughs> That's my attempt at humour. <laughs> um, uh, sorry, I've, I've been told that that's really hard to interpret, so <laughs> I apologise. Um, so, of course, uh, Timothy's been told that he needs to be ready in season and out of season to preach the word. Okay, and that, of course, it means always. It means all year round, be ready. Then after this, the, the last three points, um, Timothy is told to convince, rebuke, and encourage. And I just figured with, with the context and the kind of flavour that's going on with this preach the word, I thought it would be good to, to add using the word in front of all these. So using the word to convince, using the word to rebuke, and using the word to encourage. So let's have a look at the first one. So using the word, Timothy is to convince. So that means to convince the non-believer of the gospel using the word of God. 
And I think for us, we might not be pastors, but we all get to do the work of an evangelist. And sometimes we forget that if we're actually sharing the gospel with people, uh, we can. We can use the Bible to actually convince people of the truth. Um, I actually do this. I get caught up in using all these other outside sources when we've got the Word of God that changes hearts. All right. I should start slowing down. She's like on a million miles an hour over there. (laughs) Um, Okay, so the next point is using the word, Timothy is to rebuke. I could imagine that this would be a quite a um, difficult job as a pastor to rebuke people. You know, considering so rebuke means to express your disapproval of someone's words or actions. Um, so, really, he is to look at people and be like, oh, and measure them to the Word of God. Yeah. Um, this kind of shows us that a pastor or a teacher, they're not, it's not all about making friends and saying what people necessarily want to hear. Um, it is about really showing people what they are doing well and what they're not. Um, yeah, remember that when uh, you're thinking of like pastors and things like that and you don't agree with them. Um, and of course, the last one is that using the word, he is to encourage. Uh, this means it's very easy to encourage people with the word of God because it is so encouraging, point them to the gospel, to Jesus and the eternal life that we have in him. All right. Can I go? <laughs> um, okay, so... Reading on, so we're going to read verses 3 to 4. It says this, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires, and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. The first thing I just want to say is that little four there, I like to change that to because. Right, it's just really good. Like, so Paul says, preach the word because the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. So he, he's foretelling a time. He's saying, do this because this is going to happen. So who is they? They will not endure sound doctrine. That is the people he's preaching to. And that actually, that includes the church. I think that that's really sad, is that the, the church will actually not endure sound doctrine at some point. Um, yeah, that, and then it says this thing, but wanting to have their ears tickled. What's that mean, ears tickled? It means they'll want to hear what they want to hear instead of, instead of the truth. And actually, I noted this as well, that they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires. So it actually means that the people will kind of elect their own teachers. So it's, this is a good thing for those of people who are on, on the internet and looking at different preachers and things, just to remember that the most popular teachers are not necessarily the ones that are actually sticking faithful to God's word. Um, just be, that doesn't mean that they're dodgy just because they're popular, but it's just important to, to know that, to note that. And this, this thing at the end here just is that they'll turn away from the truth and turn aside to myths. That's, that's really sad. It's really sad. All right. Next slide. Okay. Ear ticklers. 
I wanted to really define this, just I, I know I've already explained it, but it's something that, will, that, that is appealing to us. It's like a, it's a false teaching that, is not, that it can be appealing to us, but it is not true. Okay, so I chose them, actually my wife chose these images, so um, thank you to her. I wanted to have a look at a few of modern day ear ticklers um, that have come true. Paul predicts that this is gonna happen and I wanted to have a look at it. So up, up on the screen there, I've got our friends, the Mormons. Um, in the 1800s, a man named Joseph Smith made up his own book, okay? And many people, you'll, you'll remember this from the reading, many people have turned away from the truth, the Bible, and turned aside to a myth. Um, Mormons, some of, one of the ear ticklers that they teach, or false teachings, um, is that they actually say that if someone is not a Christian and they die, that you can actually get their, their, their dead body and baptise it for their salvation. This is something that they say. And you could imagine that this would be a, um, yeah, it's an appealing teaching to perhaps vulnerable people who have just lost loved ones. Another thing that they used to teach, uh, they don't actually teach it anymore, is they used to teach the practice of polygamy, which means the uh, marriage of multiple wives. Um, I could imagine, I suppose, that this could be an ear tickler to some people. I'm not quite sure why. <laughs> um, you know, uh, of those of you who are married, it you know, can be challenging with one wife, uh, let alone multiple. Uh, love you, babe. <laughs> uh, look, I'm going to move on before I dig myself a hole. All right. Um, of course, the Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, these are the people, they teach that Jesus is not himself God, but instead he is the Archangel Michael. Um, the real big uh, false teaching, and it's an ear tickler, the appealing teaching that they teach, is that there is no hell, no such thing as hell. They also say that, that there's no eternal judgment of any kind. They actually teach, to some degree, that everyone will be resurrected and given a second chance to put their, their faith in Jesus. Um, we know that this is not true. The, the gospel is urgent right now, um, and we, there will not be no second chances. And there is, there is uh, eternal judgment. Uh, this is one of the things that the Jehovah's, one of the many things that Jehovah's Witnesses teach they kind of just say things that are appealing to bring people into their group. And it's just you can really see that this warning that Paul gives to Timothy is certainly talking about them also. All right, this next slide is signs and wonders. And this covers a very broad range of teachings. Um, but there are certain churches out there um, that focus so much on signs and wonders, miracles. They do things like where they touch people and they fall down and blow on them and they fall over. And they, I've come across some people who say that unless you can speak in tongues, uh, you, you are not saved. And that's, that's my picture up there. It's, uh, if you're confused about that, it's a person speaking in tongues. <laughs> Can't understand what he's saying. Um, yeah, they, they focus so much on signs and wind, wonders that they actually take away from, from what God has actually done, the, the thing that that's meant to be pointing to, which is Jesus. And I think of in John 4.48, I've quoted it up there, Jesus says to uh, some doubting people in, in Galilee, he says, 
unless you people see signs and wonders, you simply won't believe. He actually is rebuking them here. So it's kind of like, why, why do you need signs and wonders? You know, you, your faith is shallow, essentially. Um, they also tend to promise um, miracles of healing, um, which, of course, again, to vulnerable people who are sick, uh, this could be very appealing to. Um, while I'm on this slide, I, I do believe God has really uh, led me to just warn, put a warning out there at the moment. There is a specific type of teaching in the world today, um, and some really popular churches are in this. Uh, and there are leaders out there who are actually saying that they themselves are apostles. Um, and they say that we're in a new era, a reformation. It's called the New Apostolic Reformation. And these people are actually... That their, their, their go-to quote is God is bigger than his book. And of course, God is bigger than the Bible, but they use this to mean that the direct revelations that they're apparently getting from God is more relevant today than the Word of God itself. And this is so opposite to what we've just read Paul saying to Timothy. It's the Word of God. We must stay true to that. They also have claimed, made the claims, that Jesus, while he was here, was not fully God. That means that they say because he was a man doing the miracles he did, that we ourselves as just men can do the kind of miracles that Jesus did. It is uh, shocking that they're teaching this. The reason that I do mention this is because it's actually it's in amongst some of the, the most popular churches that you could think of are actually within this teaching at the moment. So just have a discernment about that. All right. The next one is, of course, we all know the prosperity gospel. Uh, <laughs> um, these people teach that uh, if you pray hard enough, and with enough, if you believe hard enough, that you might get a car or a nice house and wealth right here now. I've actually heard Jason talk about this a little bit. Um, they really focus on now um, and, and like worldly things rather than our eternal hope that we have. Um, I don't want to talk too much in that, but I just want, I've got some books here to recommend on that. Um, one of them is called God, Greed and the Prosperity Gospel, and the other is Defining Deception. Um, they're by a man named Costi Hinn, and this man was actually a prosperity preacher, and he was kind of in that signs and wonders category too. Um, and, and yes, but now he's come out of that uh, by the grace of God, and he is preaching from the Word of God. It's really awesome. So these two books... Uh, his testimony and also just really shining light on some of those heresies that these people are, are showing. Right, let's, uh, I'll, I'll finish with our uh, modern day ear ticklers. There is a lot more, but I just, yeah, there's just a little bit of a flavour to avoid. Um, okay, so verse 5. But you be sober in all things, endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist and fulfill your ministry. So again, just thinking all in context is that Paul says, but you, Timothy, don't do that. Don't tickle their ears. Don't tell them just what they want to hear. Be sober-minded, be clear-headed and endure hardship. It's like a promise, right? Endure hardship for someone who is actually going to be preaching from the Word of God. It is guaranteed that they will be met, and this is just really good to remember for like when you might be criticising someone what they're saying, is that they're always going to be enduring hardship, like getting a re rejection and people are going to be like, I don't agree with what, you, what you're saying. 
Um, and yeah, it can be, it, it, oh, I could imagine this would be really hard as a pastor, um, especially if you are preaching from the Word of God. And do, do the work of an evangelist. Um, this, of course, means don't only preach to the church, but preach to the non-believer as well and share the gospel uh, and do your ministry. These, all these things we've been looking at are Timothy's ministry. Okay, reading on. Verses 6 to 8. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the course, I have kept the faith, and in the future there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearance. So there's that word for again, we'll change that to because. Um, so he says uh, to Timothy, fulfill your ministry because I am already being poured out as a drink offering. And this means I am already being offered as a sacrifice. The time of my departure has come. My days are few. You've got this language like Paul's, he, he is, he's, he's, not, he's not got long. So he's saying, you know, you've got to, you've got to fulfill this ministry. I'm, not, I'm certainly not going to be around to do it. This is, this is of, of great importance. But then we see even, even on Paul's deathbed, look at his language there. I'm so encouraged. This is actually, I'm really glad that I got to preach on this. This is probably one of my favourite verses in the Bible. Paul says, I've fought the good fight. I've finished the course. I've kept the faith. And in the future, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. The confidence that he has. It's awesome. And I think, like, I want to remind you who's speaking, like Paul, and he wants Saul of Tarsus, the man who martyred Stephen, the man who persecuted the church. He hated Christians. He hated, he hated Jesus. And this man has this kind of language, this hope of a guaranteed crown of righteousness, and not just to him, but to all who love his appearing. This is awesome. And I think... How can he have this kind of confidence? And me, me and my friend, we actually have a bit of a laugh sometimes and we say the true gospel, the real gospel, it is a prosperity gospel, right? It's not a worldly prosperity gospel, but it is. It's all good news. It's amazing. Like, it's spiritual prosperity. And the thing is, is it's interesting that he's saying people want to hear these ear ticklers. They'll want to hear all these other things that seem appealing to some degree but the real word of god is so much better it promises this eternal life a crown of righteousness the word of god tells us that god keeps his promises the word of god tells us that god has promised all who believe in his son jesus will have eternal life it is so awesome see it's not these myths of men that saves souls, but the Word of God. There is power in the Word of God. I want to share with you one of my favourite psalms, and Psalm 1, I'm just uh, reading verses 1 to 3 there, uh, summary of it anyway. Uh, Blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. 
So the law of the Lord, just remembering, is that's the Word of God, it's the Bible. And whoever meditates upon or thinks about, reads, listens to the Word of God, day and night is like a tree planted near a stream of river, stream, stream of water. And you get that image of a tree constantly being fed by water and it just stays strong. And as, as the trials of life come, as persecutions come, as, as all sorts of even just the, the normal day-to-day things come, as false teachings come, as the ear ticklers come, we will stand strong like a tree that does not wither. It's so awesome. It's, you can get this idea of the power of the Word of God. It's the thing that feeds us. So when we're looking at what type of flavour we should be listening to when we are looking for a teacher or a preacher, you know, we think, well, what do we want to be fed by? Do we want to be fed by a person? Or do we want to be fed by this everlasting stream, the Word of God, the thing that strengthens us? So we, we should ask that question. When I'm choosing the, the teachers that I'm listening to, what, why am I listening to that person? Am I, am I listening to that person because they say things that I want to hear? Or are they saying what God wants to say and needs to say and what we need to hear? And I just think, how awesome is it that we have been given the Word of God? It's something so well-preserved. It is miraculous. It, it saves souls. It's, it's the thing that brought me to Christ. So awesome. I just thank God so much that we have it and the hope that it gives us, you think, in, even with Paul, it's to the point of death, even in the face of death, this assurance of our salvation, it's so strong. So I want to uh, pray now, and um, I just, I'm going to pray for our pastors, Jason and Elizirig, and also just, just different teachers around the world that have a lot of influence, um, that they would stick to the to the word and, and not not go on to these kind of false teachings and also that we as christians will desire to hear the truth and not those myths as well so let us pray our father come before you we thank you that we can look at your word and we thank you that you've given us your word and we thank you for the power that is in your word We just want to take this time to pray for our church leaders here. We want to ask that you would um, keep them on a straight path, that they would always teach faithfully from your word. And we also think of really big churches around the world. It saddens us to know that some of these churches are teachings, um, such false teachings. We just pray that you would show mercy upon them and soften their heart and bring them to your truth. You know, I thank you. I think of people like Costi Hinn that wrote those books. I just thank you for people like him. Thank you for your mercy upon him. just ask that you continue to swell up in us and cause us to really, really love your word, to, to, to seek your word and your truths and not get caught up in things that we just want to hear. Lord, I ask that you bless us this morning. I thank you for your kind. I just, yeah, I really ask that your hand be upon us yeah, as, as we fellowship this morning. And as we go on about our day, and I pray this, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. A special thanks to those that have donated to us online, enabling us to continue our ministry to the local community and beyond.
It's because of you that our ministry is possible. Click the link in the description or visit yokinebaptist.church to find out other ways you can support us. If you enjoyed listening to this message, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.